This podcast is a part of the More Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. I'm always grateful for the time that you spend with us here. And today was a surreal conversation because I remember being in high school. I believe I was a senior in high school and one of my really close friends was reading a book and she was just ecstatic about it. And I remember this book kind of making waves through our community, our friend group, and kind of that slice of time in the world. And it was just a big, big deal. And I never could have fathomed that you would fast forward years, decades from then, and that I would get to sit down with Katie Davis Majors, the author of Kisses from Katie, and to just talk about life and for her to share with me what life looks like for her and for me to talk a little bit about the things I'm working through and for her to speak such specific encouragement to this season. It was truly something magical and I am so excited just to know her now and to just get to read more of the work that she has out there and learn more about her amazing nonprofit, Amazima. So you're gonna hear this incredible conversation with Katie Davis Majors and then at the end, I will give you all of the information and links about how to stay connected with her more. If you've been following along, you have heard me talk about a podcast network that I have launched. It is called The More Podcast Network. And the whole idea of The More Podcast Network is to create a collection, a library, a neighborhood of shows and hosts that help add to your life. So every show that belongs to The More Podcast Network helps contribute to an aspect of your life, like maybe relationships, leadership, or maybe even something super specific, like gardening. We are building out these shows and just taking time to really find the best shows, the best stories, and the best content that will belong to this network. But there's already one show that is absolutely amazing that I wanted to highlight for you. It's called The Daily Leader Podcast by Brad McDonald and Taylor Jessup. The Daily Leader Podcast is driven by curiosity and it exists to foster in-depth discussions about what leadership is, why it's important, and how to more effectively lead in today's world. You're going to love it. I listen to every second of these episodes and I'm always so encouraged by the guests that they have on. And honestly, the truth is my favorite is actually when you get to hear from Brad and Taylor specifically. So add this to your podcast routine and you can find the link for the Daily Leader podcast in the show notes, but you can also find it available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Katie, it is such a joy to meet you. I had actually just graduated high school when your book Kisses from Katie came out. And I remember I had a very close friend. Her name's Jerrica. And it like changed her life. I just know that it left like a deep impact on her heart. I remember that. But for anyone who hasn't met you yet or hasn't read that book, would you just kind of share like where this whole story started? Sure. I'd love to. Um, So I actually moved to Uganda after my senior year in high school. Originally, I moved there to work in an orphanage. And then um, just first of all, really, really fell in love with the people and the place. Uganda is so beautiful. The people are so kind. I love the culture. Um, But while I was at the orphanage, I kind of noticed that a lot of the kids that were living there in 
less than ideal conditions would talk about family members that they had that lived not too far away. And um, a lot of times they would go and visit these family members and they tried to kind of keep up relational ties because Uganda is a super communal culture. And so I just kind of started to ask the question, you know, if if these kids have families that love them and care for them, why are they living in this institution? And so just really slowly and organically, I was keeping a blog and a lot of people started reading it. And um, But slowly and organically, I started collecting some money from friends and family in the United States to help pay for some children in the community I was living in to go to school and to have access to medical care so that they could stay at home with their families. A lot of times um, institutions in Uganda are full of children because school is expensive. And so families will actually allow their children to go and live at an orphanage or in institutional care so that they have access to schooling. And so My goal was just to pay for a few children from the community to be able to go to school and stay at home with their families. And I really didn't think of anything beyond that. And within my first year in Uganda, I was collecting money and paying for about 60 kids to go to school from our local community. And so long story made short, I founded a nonprofit called Amazima Ministries. Um, This was gosh, this was like 17 years ago. This was a long time ago. Um, Founded a ministry called Amazima. We still sponsor children to go to school. We also have schools in the community. Um, God really put it on my heart that meeting people's physical needs is excellent and important. But if we continue to meet physical needs and don't share the gospel, it really doesn't have an eternal impact. So discipleship is a huge part of what we do at Amazima that also started really organically. I was just, the kids that I was sending to school, we were meeting in my yard for Bible study. And then as we grew and grew and had more kids and I really couldn't lead all of them in Bible study and check on all of them, I hired a few friends from the community to help me with that. And so, um, Today, we have schools, we have community engagement programs, all with the focus of sharing the gospel and helping people um, come out of poverty and just live a better lifestyle. And so my, yeah, that's kind of the premise of my first book is just the journey that God took me on. And I really, I wrote that book really wanting to encourage people, not necessarily to pack up and move to a different country, not necessarily that that they had to start a ministry or anything like that, but just, just that small steps of obedience could yield just an incredibly surprising life. And that when we're saying yes to the small things that God is putting in front of us, when we're trusting him with our day-to-day decisions, um, that that just that yields so much fruit for the kingdom, and so I love I love when people share that it impacted their own life in that way, um, not necessarily in the same way, but in a way that um, 
that was my hope in writing it was that people would desire to surrender more of their lives and their life choices to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in what you just said. I mean, there's so much good. That I was I was actually thinking about that exact thing. Like it's the small steps of obedience. And I was thinking about each of those small steps in your story where you had an idea or you saw a need, or maybe it wasn't even like centered on you. Maybe someone that you met in the community said, hey, this is an idea or this is something I've seen work well. But then there's this moment of a little bit of risk that comes in like taking that step and a cost even of like what happens if this doesn't work out or things change? How do you navigate those moments? And do you feel like that gets easier the more you say yes to those small moments of obedience or those like small openings of the doors? Does it get easier to continue to say yes? Or does it always feel kind of like, oh, this is a risk and I don't know what might happen? I think, I think it can be both. I mean, I, it was funny. Somebody asked me, um, I was doing a different interview a while ago and somebody asked me like, Oh, weren't you afraid? And I laughed a little bit because I think like, Nope. Yeah. (laughs) 18 year old me was not afraid. Fear has actually been something that has crept into my life and into my narrative. The older that I've gotten. Exactly. Um, and so, but Jesus calls us to a childlike faith and he talks about that. And so Mm -hmm. I'm actually challenged and convicted now. Yeah, I feel that. You know, 17 years later and much older, Mm -hmm. I'm challenged and convicted. What was it about the younger version of myself that did not feel afraid? Mm -hmm. There was definitely a really just blind trust Mm -hmm. attached to my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think I asked myself, or I don't think I spent a lot of time on the question, what if this doesn't pan out? Um, And so I kind of think about that sometimes when I'm feeling afraid now. But I think the flip side of that coin is the more we do step out in faith, the more we do trust God with our decisions, the more we give Him an opportunity to prove who He is. And Mm -hmm. so we practice Mm -hmm. Trusting God with little things. And guess what? He shows up every single time, not always in the way that maybe we thought that he would, but every single time he shows up. And so then we are writing for ourselves a narrative where God has shown up. And so then when we question, when we doubt, when we fear, when we have something in front of us that we want to step into, but we're hesitant. We have a whole history mm-hmm. that we can lean on, yep. that we can remember, oh yeah, God showed up here and here and mm-hmm. here and here and here, and he caused me to trust him here and here and here. And, and I think that that fuels our trust for him going forward Yeah, because we've seen, we've seen him show up and be faithful. Yep. I agree with that because I think I remember the same thing. I mean, when when our, like I said, when my friend Jerrica was reading your book, when we're taking these steps, we were 18, 19 at the time. And yeah, our days on earth were shorter and we just had a little bit more, a little bit less fear, like you said, and a little bit more confidence. I don't know what the complete reasoning for that is. It just was what it was at the time. And there was a really beautiful thing about that. And now that our days on earth are longer, we now have this 
longer list, like you said, of the ways that God has shown up and where in those earlier days, we didn't really have to lean on that reference list as much. Now I find myself pulling out that reference list, like metaphorically, like every day to be like, no, God is good. He has done this. This is an example. This is an example from my life, from someone else's life, from a story that I've heard. And I feel like I'm now becoming this like master collector of those stories Mm. of faithfulness because it's, I need them more now than I needed then. And I think there's something beautiful in the way that those days have extended, that that list is growing at the same time. Maybe not at the same rate. I think that God's faithfulness far outpaces the days that I've had on earth. But it is interesting how we rely on that more now, being a little bit older than when we did at that time. So I resonate with that a lot. Yeah. I love that. I love what you, I love the phrase you used, master collector. Yes. I think that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was thinking too, I mean, I have had a few big transitions over the last few years and the biggest one was when my husband and I moved cross country. So I think about the way that those moves happen and, you know, you're leaving all these things behind. And like we talked about taking a risk and saying yes and trusting that the Lord's faithfulness is going out ahead of us. And I think about, and I don't actually know the details details of this, but what your move from Uganda back to the U.S. must have been like, because you're back in the U.S. at this time. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been back. Our family's been back in the U.S. for about two years. So we were in Uganda full time. Um, I had been there about 15 years. My husband had been there about 11. Um, Our kids obviously had spent their entire lives in Uganda. They were born there. And so we moved to the U.S. about two years ago. And that was a really hard decision. And it was kind of a gradual decision. We, We didn't make the decision to say like, hey, we're moving. We actually were here on a trip and we decided to extend the trip. And then we kind of kept extending it until um, probably nine months in, we were like, okay, we're going to be here for the foreseeable future. And we still get to go back to Uganda a lot. And I'm so grateful for that. And um, both my husband and I had kind of slowly over the years transitioned a lot of our roles as far as work to other people. And so um, we still have an incredible team on the ground that's doing um, Amazima stuff. But Whew, yeah, it was it was such a hard transition. I actually I wrote a book that released the beginning of last year called Safe All Along that really is the chronicle of my kind of that journey and how hard that was for me, but also just uh, learning to trust God anew in a completely new, pretty opposite season (laughs) of, of taking steps of obedience and just trusting that God who had kept me safe and had held my family secure in in the first half of my life was going to do the same thing in this new season. I actually, I used a picture that title came to me. There's a picture that I share in the book where, um, before we moved, we had actually had kind of a series of different, really hard things happen in the life of our family, a couple of medical emergencies. Um, there'd been a lot of travel back and forth. There obviously had been the pandemic where things did not look the way that, Um, we thought they would at all. So our family had come through just a really hard season. We had had several medical emergencies. Then we had had a lot of travel. Then the pandemic had come and and it was just everything, life as we knew it, 
was looking really, really different. This was before we moved, but our family was on a little camping trip and we were near the river. Um, the river is a place we love to go and have fun as a family. We'd swam in it so many times before. And one of my adult daughters and I got in the river to swim and we're both pretty competent swimmers. We had on life jackets, like very safe. And we actually ended up getting stuck in a rapid that we had not been able to see from the shore. And so I was actually watching as my daughter was getting pulled the opposite direction of where we were trying to get to. Of course, I'm swimming frantically, like trying to get myself to where I can reach the shore, but also kind of reaching with my other arm for her. And I was able to pull myself out and up onto a rock, but I wasn't able to reach my daughter. And I actually watched her kind of get swept around the corner to where I could not see her anymore. So of course, like mother's worst nightmare, I'm sitting on this rock and I'm just sobbing hysterically and I'm crying out to God, like, please, please save her. Please help her. And she ended up being fine. She ended up getting out uh, a little bit further down where I couldn't see. There actually had been some fishermen that came by and helped her get out of the water. And so she ran back along the bank and came to where I was. But later that day, I, I mean, I was just, I was still kind of processing it with my husband. And I was just like, I can't believe that happened. I'm so sorry. Like that, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have been swimming there. I was so upset. Um, and I asked, I was like, were you so afraid? Because he was kind of over on the bank with some of our little, littler kids. He could see it happening. And he said, were you so afraid? And he said, no, I like, I felt pretty sure you guys would get out eventually. <laughs> um, and then he said, hey, I want to show you something. And he actually walked me up higher on the riverbank to a place that I couldn't see from the water. And up on the bank, you could see so much more of the river. You know, it looked small down below. You could see all the twists and turns and all these different places, you know, little alcoves where the water was still, where we would have been able to swim out. There was a little island that she probably could have reached and then we could have gone to get her. Um, there were all these, there were all these places where the water was really fast and crazy, and then all these places where the water was still. And I just remember the phrase just kept dropping into my mind, you were safe all along. And I looked back over the last couple years of our life and just remembered how many times I had just been panicking and fearful and anxious about the unknown. And, you know, then here we were on this beautiful camping trip out in nature, like enjoying God's creation, we were all safe. We were all together. And I just, I, as I kind of processed that with the Lord, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, how much more joy could I have experienced in, I mean, it still would have been difficult. It still would have been scary, but how much more joy could I have experienced? How much more peace could I have experienced if I had truly believed that we were safe all along. And um, I think he gave me that picture. That was before we moved to the United States. That was before I even, that wasn't even on my radar. There wasn't a thought of that. And I think he just gave me that picture of the juxtaposition of 
life, right? Like when a crisis arises, we are kind of metaphorically there in the water. The waves are at eye level and that's all we can see. And it is so easy to just be fearful and anxious. And like I was imagining the very worst case scenario, right? But then, you know, we imagine that God's view is the view that was more similar to mine from the top and from the riverbank where he sees all the twists and turns. He sees where it's going to be hard. He sees where it's going to be awesome. And he sees the way that he's going to bring us safely along that path. And so I felt like he gave me that picture and I kind of started dipping my toes into writing this book. And then boom, we unexpectedly found ourselves in a completely new place, um, a totally unfamiliar place. None of my children had ever lived in America before. Most of them had visited once for like a couple of weeks. Um, So completely different than our entire life and lifestyle. And I felt like I just kept going back to that picture over and over again. Okay, Lord, what does it look like for me to trust you and to believe that you see where you're taking us even when I don't? Um, So that was, I mean, that was the picture he gave me to really, really navigate that transition. And he gave me just a lot, a lot of new practice in trusting him and into practicing being open to what he was putting in front of me, even when it was really different than what I had expected or planned for myself. Since we bought our first house, Scott and I are officially in our homeowner and home reno era. And what I'm really feeling big about is I want to add us to this home. I want it to feel like our space, but I also don't want to just shop all these pieces that just look good. I want them to carry meaning and have a story in our home wherever possible. And probably my favorite piece in our home right now is a rug from Fig and Loom that the founder, Kelly Strife, actually named after our first baby, Hosanna, who we lost. If you don't know, Fig and Loom sell stunning Turkish rugs that are each individually named after babies whose lives here were cut far too short on earth, but whose memory and legacies live on, like our Hosanna. And it's hard to imagine a more meaningful piece to put into your home. Plus, it's actually just so gorgeous. So when you purchase textiles from Fig and Loom, you're honoring that life that that rug is named after after and for that family that they belong to, but you're also creating a physical representation of hope in your home. I know that you're going to love it, and I cannot wait to fill our home up with even more Fig and Loom things. And Kelly was kind enough to set up a code for friends and family of the podcast to get 15% off using the code MORWITHNIKKI. So visit figandloom.co or at figandloom.co on Instagram, and don't forget to use the promo code MORWITHNIKKI all caps and no spaces if you see something you want to add to your home. I appreciate you sharing that so much for a lot of reasons. Right now, I am kind of staring down the way at a pretty significant change that will be coming. And I was actually... I normally sleep very, very well through the night, like love sleep, can sleep really great. But it was actually last Wednesday, I woke up at like just before 5 a.m. and just could not fall asleep, just was wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. So finally you're like, okay, I'm up. I got it. Like, let's like work this through. So I remember I was sitting there praying and I was thinking about all of these worries and all of these fears, similar to what you're saying. Like I was in it, like 
down on the river level in it, just experiencing all like the pulls and the, and all the fear and the what ifs and this. And I remember having a similar thought of what would it look like if, you know, all of this is on the windshield of my life and I'm seeing all of this like activity and this fear and all of these things. What would it look like if I took those off the windshield, handed them to God? What would that free up for me to be able to see? Like, Mm. what would the windshield look like? What would I be able to see? What kind of is beyond like taking all of those things off? And so that resonates with me so much with what you just said and is very, very encouraging. So I just thank you personally for sharing that because I mean, that's the Lord, you know, lining things up in that way. Um, but I think I needed a little bit of a boost of encouragement and confidence today. And that helps. That that really helps. And my brain works that way as well in, in stories and in pictures that make sense to me. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I was even thinking, um, I think in your newest book, actually in the devotional that you just wrote, I think that you speak about seasons of spiritual dryness. Mm-hmm. So even kind of thinking about that, picture of the river, like seeing a portion of that river where it runs a little bit low or gets a little bit dry. What has that looked like for you? And how have you found your way through those low points in life? Those points where it doesn't feel like God is as close in proximity or as loud in his voice, or there's things that are causing distance between us and the Lord because I've described that lately as it feels like I have a faith flame, but it just feels really, really small. So how has that looked for you? And even in your latest book, how have you kind of addressed that and helped walk readers through that? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, So I did. I wrote a devotional. I actually wrote it several years ago just for myself. And then I started sharing it with a few friends and sharing it a little bit on my blog. And then just this, a few months ago, it came out as a book. And so I'm really excited to to be able to share that resource with people. And I think one thing that I've learned, I do think we all experience... um, periods where God just doesn't seem as close or he doesn't sound as loud or we're struggling um, just to kind of hear his voice. And so um, I definitely wrote it out of a place of one of those times. And one thing that was just really important for me to really learn is that God's character is not contingent on my feelings. And Mm -hmm. so God's character remains the same when I feel that he's really close to me and speaking to me a lot, or when I don't feel that, or I don't hear that. And so the devotional, I had started a reading plan that was going through different books of the Bible. Um, One one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Um, well, sorry, one at the beginning of the Old Testament, one in the Gospels, and then one from the prophets mm-hmm. and one from the New Testament after the Gospels. And so that was a cool thing for me in a season where I didn't feel as connected to God because what that really showed me was the sameness of God's mm-hmm. character throughout thousands of years, right? And to all these different people who's who were living at all different times. So, so I started with reading Genesis, Matthew, Ezra, and Acts. So all these different time periods and these different people, but so often 
a theme would appear and it would be so very clear that God remained the same. And so that was really encouraging for me just to know like, okay, God, if you are this same God throughout all these ages and throughout all of history, then you are the same God to me. And who you are is not contingent on who I feel that you are, or even what I feel about my day or my life or my situation. And so that was really life-giving for me. And it just made me want to dive deeper into who God is so that I could reframe my day, not with how I felt about it, but with how, but with who God says he is and how he feels about my situation and how he feels about me. Um, and so often that would look like just reading through the scripture and picking out a piece of God's character or an attribute I saw of him. Maybe God, you are our protector. God, you are my shield. I read this morning, um, in Psalm three, God is our shield, the shield around us, um, and the lifter of our heads. And so all day long, I've been saying that to myself and to God, God, you are the lifter of my head. Like what, what an incredible picture that Mm -hmm. I can be down here, blinders on, like so focused on anything that's going wrong in my day or my week or whatever. And God wants to tenderly and gently lift my head, lift my eyes to look at him and to be reminded of who he is. And so that's been a big thing for me and something that I do when I do notice that I'm feeling disconnected from God. I just spend some time asking him, God, who are you? And then I let his word kind of inform that and um, ask him to show me a piece of his character. And then I really, I mean, it can be even just a fraction of a verse, really something really small that I'll try to repeat throughout the day to myself and repeat back to him to remind myself of who he is. And then another big thing for me is just consistency. I think especially, um, that was super crazy and eye-opening in our transition from living in East Africa to living here in the United States. Uh, the pace of life is so much faster. And I think it is just really easy to buy into the temptation that I just Mm -hmm. don't have time today, um, to be in God's word Mm -hmm. or to spend time with him. And, um, for me that it's just, it has to be made a priority. I cannot function and I cannot be the person that I want to be to my kids Mm -hmm. and to the people around me, um, unless I have spent time with him. And so Mm -hmm. even if it's not, you know, I love when I can have an extended quiet time, first Mm -hmm. thing in the morning, (laughs) coffee in hand, right? We all know the picture. I love when that happens and it does happen a lot of days, but also a lot of days it doesn't. And so just not letting that cause me to feel defeated in any Mm -hmm. way, but just to go like, okay, like communication with God is still available to me in any space. Um, and I can still communicate with him throughout my day, even if it hasn't been this set aside chunk of time. And I can still read the word throughout my day and mm-hmm. let it inform my thoughts and my prayers. So mm-hmm. those have been some things that have been helpful to me. Well, and this is a question that came to my mind. I, I loved hearing you talk about your family. And I especially love hearing that way that your husband was able to help you in that moment when you had had this like really scary experience and just having a partner to get a little bit of a different perspective 
perspective. But I'm curious, what has it looked like for you as a mom to help kind of create these rhythms in your family or to kind of be, um, yeah, just to be an encouragement and example to your kids, but also giving them freedom to find the Lord in the way that makes sense for them. What has that looked like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's looked really different in all different seasons. Um, So in different seasons, we've homeschooled. And so that feels like it helps just with the pace of life and the margin that we have in the day. And so um, when they're younger, we are usually reading something together in the morning before we start our school day. And we are, I I had a really fun experience even just yesterday. Um, My seven-year-old was having a really hard time and he did not want to come do school, which is, you know, that, yeah. that happens. Yeah, um, that sounds right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we paused and I I asked him if he would want to spend some time doing some listening prayer and just asking God, like, God, who do you say I am? And, you know, who are you? Who do you want to be to me? And so we did that um, for a few minutes in the morning and I just invited him. I said, like, why don't you you know, sit here for a few minutes and close your eyes and ask God what he wants to show you about who he is. And so a few minutes later, he said, I see a lion. Um, And I was like, yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Because in scripture, God calls himself the lion of Judah. And so like, what do you think of when you think about a lion, you know, and we got to talk Mm -hmm. about a lion's fierce and a lion's protective. And then we got to talk about how God was protecting Mm -hmm. us. Um, And so that's, that's super fun when they're little, just to even encourage them. Like you have the Holy Spirit too. And like, like God can speak to you as well. And of course, when God speaks to us, we want to be quick to like line it up with scripture and make sure it's not like some off the wall thing. It's something (laughs) that's like actually lining up with his word. And then, I mean, as they get older, I think a huge thing is just that they see me spending that time. And and that was super impactful for me um, as, as a child and all the way up to when I was a teenager, every morning when I got up, no matter how early I got up, even, you know, to get out the door for high school or whatever, it was, it was still dark. Like I have memories of it still being dark out. But as I came downstairs, my mom sat in one chair and she sat there with her Bible open. And um, often it sat there throughout the day because when we got up and came downstairs, she (laughs) would kind of jump up and start helping us get breakfast ready. And so I remember just her Bible being open in that chair and her glasses being on it Mm -hmm. and verses being highlighted and it being um, written in. And that's something that was super impactful for me. I don't think I would have said it at the time, but it's so interesting to me that when I think of my mom, like that memory comes Mm -hmm. to my mind. And I want that so badly for my own children. I just, I want them to have a memory of me sitting. There's one corner of the couch that I sit in before they wake up. And I I want them to remember that. And I want them to remember that, you know, when the day got hard and when I messed up and where things were getting crazy that I reached quickly for the word of God. Um, And then we sometimes in different seasons we study, it kind of depends what we have going on. In different seasons, we study a book of the Bible in the evening after we eat dinner together. So it kind of always depends on like kids' sports practices and games (laughs) and small group and different evening activities. But we have been, in this season, we've been studying Ephesians together. Um, 
just after dinner, we pull yeah. out our Bibles and we we read it. And my husband's been leading us in like an inductive Bible study. So oh, the fun. kids are yeah. having a lot of fun with that because, you know, there's all these different all like, the pictures you draw and, and colors. And, yes. <laughs> and so we've gotten out like some jars of highlighters and we're doing yeah. all these different colors. And so, I mean, I think they predominantly think that's fun because they yeah. are getting to color. Because you're getting the color in the Bible. Hey, yeah. It like keeps <laughs> us engaged and excited. And uh, Ephesians is just like such an awesome cool picture of God's love. And so that has been really fun too. I appreciate that. And I have only known you now for 30 minutes and 57 seconds. So I don't know you for long, but what is so clear is that the joy of the Lord is so strong through you Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't feel to me like you are just saying the right things or just trying to check boxes. I'm sure it sometimes it feels like that. Like you said, on those hard days when you're like, I am choosing to believe this, I'm choosing to lean into this. For me, I mean, it feels like you genuinely love and adore the Lord. It's just natural. It's what has been true for you as long as your story that you've shared today. As long as you've shared, that has been an aspect of who you are. And so I can imagine that that's contagious to your kids and that they see that and that they will remember that mom loved the Lord and the Lord loved mom because I'm sure they've Mm -hmm. seen the way the Lord has come through for you. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. Thank you. That's so encouraging because, you know, we all as moms have days where we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. (laughs) I I don't know. Like I said, I've only known you for a few minutes, but I mean, I think it's very clear. I think it's very, very clear. And I can't think of anything that would be more powerful to know and to see, Mm. because I think that that really shapes the way that we view God, that He's not like this king that's sitting on a throne waiting to just strike us down the second we do something wrong, or that He's not rigid, that it has to look like this, or it has to sound like this, but that it can be fun fun and it can be exciting and it can be colorful. It can be highlighting all over (laughs) the Bible and like that that that's fine and that's good and that his word is alive and that it's the same in Acts as it is today in whatever state you find yourself or it's the same in Genesis as it is in Ezra and that there's this delight. I think that sometimes that pace of life can almost um, edge out the delight in our life. Uh, but you yes. seem like such a delight-filled oh. person. <laughs> Thank you. That's really kind. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, from that, I wanted to know, it seems like the goodness of God is like a theme in all of what you've shared so far and in your writing. Can you share maybe one or two stories about the goodness of God? Just, they don't have to be huge. They could even be like the other day with your seven-year-old where you're like, oh, that was so cool. Just any moments that you that made you think, wow, we really do have a good God. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's an amazing question. And also like, where do you start? I mean, yeah, <laughs> even just yesterday with my seven-year-old, yeah. I was I was yeah. blown away by the goodness of God and just like, oh, thank you, God, for, for showing him that. You know, I think sometimes even in my own heart, I'm like, I want to ask God a question, but yeah. What if he like doesn't say anything like that? Right. <laughs> that can right. feel so scary. Um, and so I was, yeah, that was the goodness of God. Cause I was just like, Oh, please give him a picture. Um, <laughs> so that was sweet. But yeah, I mean, gosh, I, the goodness of God has sustained us through so mm-hmm. many 
seasons and so many hard things. I mean, one way that we are really, really experiencing the goodness of God right now is, like I said, we've been in the States for a little bit over two years. And I mean, we came, it didn't really feel like coming back. I mean, we had been gone for so long. I had never lived here as an adult. I mean, I moved from like living in my parents' house as a teenager to living in a completely different culture. And so- In a lot of ways, it felt like moving to a completely new place. And we were in we were in a town, you know, like 40 minutes from my parents. So kind of yeah. similar, yeah. but not familiar. Yeah. Um, and we had such amazing and close-knit community that we loved so, so much in Uganda. And we had, you know, there was a season where we didn't have any community and life was yeah. super lonely. And we had really prayed to God to bring people around us. And then we had really worked hard to cultivate that community yep. and try to live in a way that fostered that. And I just remember so often in the first few months we were here thinking, well, this is it. Like mm-hmm. surely you only get that kind of sweetness and that much closeness in friendship and relationship one time. Like those are our lifelong people and like, we're just going to have to keep in touch with them, which Mm -hmm. thankfully with technology we can, but you know, it's super different than having people in your day-to-day life. And gosh, just, it is so apparent all the time to me now, two and a half years in, God has brought just the most incredible people Mm -hmm around us. We love our church. We love our small group. We love the people that we get to have in and out of our home. And they're just, they're such an encouragement to me and to my heart and to our family. They're so invested in our kids. And so I think in this season, for sure, I'm just like looking at the people that God has put in our lives and being like, oh God, you're so kind. Like, um, So I'm definitely seeing the goodness of God so clearly in the people that he's put around us. Yeah. And and I think that makes sense to so many of us. Like you find your friends, maybe it's in your hometown or in college or in a city, and then you have to move. And I've had that same thought of like, well, maybe that was it. Like (laughs) maybe I experienced it once and like I am will forever be grateful for those relationships. And to be lonely in a new place is really hard. Um, And to wait on those Mm -hmm. connections to form. And even as an adult, to remember that we can make new friends. That's even a funny thing (laughs) to like turn on that part of your brain and say like, oh, I am open to new friendships. Like that can feel, that can feel big. It can feel really, really big. So I think that's a very specific encouragement for anyone that's listening. And I think it's a very clear example of the goodness of God interacting with our everyday life and our everyday wants and desires. Like the things that are important to us us are important to the heart of God. And it's not silly and it's not small and it's not insignificant. Like the Lord wants good things for our lives. And so I I appreciate that example a lot. And now I'm thinking too, this this is my last question for you. What are you dreaming up with the Lord right now? Maybe for yourself, for your family, uh, maybe even for your writing. It's very clear that you interact with the Lord through words, whether it's in like a private place or then like releasing them publicly. But like, what are you dreaming of next, just kind of in general with God? 
Ooh, that's a good question and one that I'd love to even spend more time thinking of. I think I'm just reimagining a lot of what life could look like. I think Mm -hmm. two and a half years in, we're finally feeling a bit more settled. And like I said, we have a community around us. And like a lot of a lot of the first year or two was just like Mm -hmm. making sure everybody survives. Like, are we okay? (laughs) And and little things like do we have a place to live? Do yes. I know how to grocery shop and cook in this yes. new environment? <laughs> you know, getting kids plugged into different yeah. things, plugging into a church, figuring out the schedule, right? I mean, so many kind of like yeah. detail things. And I think we're finally in a place where I'm like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. we can do yeah. this. We know how to do this. And so I think I'm just beginning to dream uh, a little bit more of like what, um, an abundant and full life could look like in this space while we're in the United States and just traveling to Uganda. I also always have lots of dreams for Amazima. We have, um, we have kids in elementary school and kids in high school. And we're just now, this will be the first year that we have a whole graduating class of almost a hundred kids graduate from the high school that we have over there in Uganda. And so we're starting to dream about just like what what the next steps mm-hmm. for those high schoolers and what their futures look like. And so I'm excited to dream with God about what yeah. it looks like to help um, cultivate them as leaders and empower them to be leaders and change makers in their own community. So that feels really exciting to me right now yeah. too. Oh yeah, I, I'm picturing that graduation celebration. That is gonna yeah. be so fun, so fun. And then getting to release all 100 of these now adults, not kids, but adults into the world and just facilitating their dreams and coming alongside that. That is so fun. That's so exciting too. I love yeah, that. I'm excited about it. Well, thank you, Katie, for spending time with me. You're welcome back here anytime. And I am excited to follow along. And of course, after this, I'll point to all the books, all the things so that people can find you. But just appreciate you taking some time with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. As promised, I want to give you all of the information from Katie. So first of all, you can grab that first book that we talked about, Kisses from Katie. You can also find her other book, Safe All Along, that we talked about, and her newest devotional, Our Faithful God, 52 Weeks of Leaning on His Unchanging Character. Man, that one ministers to me in a very specific way right now. So that is incredible. And then she also has a book called Daring to Hope. So, so many good writings, but also I wanted you to have the information about Amazima. Amazima Ministries desires to reveal the truth of God's love through Jesus Christ to the people of Uganda. So all of these books and for the link for Amazima are in the show notes below so that you can find out more information. Okay, until next time.